Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to the Where Success Happens podcast. I'm coming to you from my desk in uh, Newport Beach, California. And as is always the case, we endeavor to have conversations with winners in life that have lessons to teach and stories to share. And uh, it is no different today with our time that we're going to be spending with a really cool dude. His name is Steve Kyles. Um, Steve's the host and founder of the Loan Officer Leadership Podcast. It's one of the top podcasts in America that loan originators listen to. And very, very good at providing ideas and coaching and shares tools with people to win. Um, I can tell you that his his backstory is in real estate. He was a uh, early flipper in his 20s, and uh, that led to a mortgage career that now is spanning 17 years. He's got a huge team, uh, does a great job. He's coming to us out of Houston, Texas, where he serves the Houston community. Uh, He is the husband to his best friend. I love this part, Stephanie. He's the father of three amazing kids, Ethan 10, Lucas 6, and Eliana 3. I hope I said that right. And here's the part I love most, in his spare time. So the one thing we want to learn from Steve is spare time. Um, He tends to the family's farm and their chickens. I can't wait to get into this. So welcome, if you will, to our podcast from Houston, Texas, and Movement Mortgage, Steve Kyles. Man, Todd, brother, what what in the world? Hey, listen, so we got to tell our audience the last time this happened, I got the privilege of introducing you, uh, <laughs> man. What a, I'm just I'm thrilled to be here. You know, first off, let me just say thank you. Um, not only have I known about you for so long in the industry, you're you're a titan in this industry, man. I can remember when I got into the business, your books that you had written, the content you're producing, still to this day continues to give me great insight. And uh, man, I just appreciate you. You know, I, 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 the other day, um, I even texted you, I lost my dad last year. And I remember the episode you did a tribute to your dad. I texted you and I said, bro, that was the most heartfelt, like yeah. it just moved me. And, and when my dad passed last year and, and just even uh, 30 days ago, I just said, I got to do a tribute to my dad finally. And uh, you know, you're, you're such an inspiration. And not only that, you're a thought leader, man. The last time we talked, I must have taken three pages of notes and you were talking about the gap and, you know, last year was a gift. And I'm like, guys, if somebody's not jotting this down, this is like every other word. It's tweetable. It's it's like we got to go, man. It's good. So listen, as a friend and uh, just a fellow communicator and influencer, I'm just honored to, to be with you, man. I love what you're doing. Well, I love uh, I love our connection. You know, it's so cool. You, 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 we know in life, don't we? When you meet somebody and there's a connection, and yeah. um, you cherish that. And and I felt that way about you from the start. And you know, I watched a couple of videos that you had produced and a, a couple of messages that were, um, including some commentary from John Maxwell on success and significance and, yeah. and just the power of that. I knew that when I wanted to do this podcast with you it would be really unique. What I didn't know is an hour ago, I was studying your bio and and uh, some things that I saw. And um, I, I remember a comment that, you know, that you really gave uh, credit to your dad and for the way he led the family. And 
um, the fact that that together you guys broke the poverty cycle and the physical abuse cycle. And there's got to be a story there. And I, I really don't know where we want to start, but I like the idea that that our fathers and our mothers, but our fathers have given us permission to do something that is real and significant and to seize that. So tell everybody just a little bit about your backstory yeah. and then we'll get, we'll get into some, some cool Hey, battle. well, Todd, and you know, what's interesting is what I realized. So my dad unexpectedly died last November and you know what, in reflection, in looking back, death really makes life more clear. And some of the things about legacy, you know, and some are unknown. And here's what we found out. Dad was the son of six, a poor dairy farmer. And I knew his dad, which I didn't know him very well, was a violently abusive alcoholic. And what I didn't know was he was so abusive. He would literally whip the kids with barbed wire. Now put it in that letter that I sent you. It was just, but, but, but no, I mean, it's just that old school 1950s mentality, mean, angry. And here was what was so cool. Uh, a bus driver with a small Baptist church happened to find a bunch of kids and bring them to church when he was seven years old. And that was the first time he felt hope that there could be something better. Mm. And that was the marker in his life. And, and listen, dad didn't just go in and say, I'm going to leave a legacy and change the lives. But sociologists tell us that even the most introverted person will influence over 10,000 people in their lifetime. Wow. And what happened was it was one choice after another. Like, like, let me give you an example. And this is something that became clear. When I got married, I watched my parents. There was never a way out, only a way through. And their marriage wasn't perfect, but he taught me that we've got a way through. And so because of the choices he made, and I think God's grace, here's what the coolest thing was, Todd. The, um, we didn't even realize it at, at the time, but my dad was in the restaurant business after he got out of the military, found his gift, found his calling, loved people, became one of the best in our area. So when speakers would come in, you know, we had Joyce Meyer and TD Jakes and uh, business leaders come in. He would be the one they would call and say, we want you to cater the events. And he would cater the events. And I always wondered as a kid, Todd, why isn't dad seated at the table? You know, as a kid, you're like, man, I want my dad. Why isn't he at the table? And what I learned in reflection was his gift of humility without position gave us access, which changed the trajectory of our lives. And sometimes what we put aside and say, oh, my gosh, he should be on the center stage. Well, that wasn't his gift. His gift was service hospitality, and making every person that walked in that room feel loved and accepted, regardless of class, regardless of race, regardless of industry. And what we realized was from a small town of refinery workers where the highest aspiration is to go work in a refinery and retire, which my great-grandfather did, my other Mm -hmm. great-grandfather, and that was the pinnacle. He gave us access to some of the best thought leaders who said there's more. There's no ceilings. Be all you can be, and and literally you can physically change the world one life at a time, man. What? Yeah. A, but all that came in reflection. Hey, and yeah. I'll tell you, a lot of that came after I listened to your podcast. It moved me when when Dad died. I I literally went back and found your podcast again, and mm. I just thought, man, what a great tribute. And that's what I did was I did a letter of the heart and the cutting board. And I just said, I'm going to give every close client I have a letter of the heart that tells my dad's tribute. And um, man, it's a remarkable journey, man. It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 
Uh, but what a special gift. Even in death, my dad's life will continue to make an impact. <laughs> I haven't, I've, I've so enjoyed just looking at this and reading the story on it. And, uh, you know, it's got implications of, of obviously client loyalty and things like that, but it's so yeah. much deeper knowing that there's this story tied to it. And um, I think what's interesting for me is even when I recorded that, that podcast on my dad's passing, um, it, it ignited uh, a fire in me to, to, to just, how do I set PRs, personal records, as a father, you know, and, and I, I think I've done a, a, a good job to, to be a, a, a father of purpose, a father of values. My, my boys are 24 and 22. And it's interesting to see how so much of what I hoped they would hang on to, they apparently have. And we never know as parents that, you know, that things are going to stick and we hope that that it will. But you know, I think even ancient scripture says, you know, just raise up a kid in the way he should go and teach him the right things. And no matter how rocky the journey gets, um, he will return to those roots. And uh, it sounds like your dad did a great job there with you and certainly, you know, my dad with me. And I hope that as you, you know, dad, your three and I dad, my two, that, uh, you know, that we have that friendship and that relationship. And it's just. Um, hey, but talk, you know what, to, to the listener and I, I hear the guy saying, yeah, I, I didn't start out that way or it's not that good. You know what I would challenge you is there's always hope for reconciliation. And and what, you know, literally. So, so Todd, I'll tell you how vicious and I, and I believe there's several things you, like paradigms in our lives. When I started that podcast, the Loan Officer Leadership Podcast, and it was only two years ago that we started doing weekly episodes. And, you know, one of the taglines that came out of it is anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Just get started. Yeah. Well, you know, Todd. <clears throat> After dad died, I processed that. And Jim and I have a twin brother. Uh, we, were, we were just processing it and saying, what about paradigms? And I realized that there was a paradigm that had come from being a young boy, even at the restaurant. I can remember at like 13 years old, we went to the restaurant. You wanted to see dad. You had to be at the restaurant because he's just an old school hard worker. Like people say, what did you do for fun? I worked. What'd you do for fun? <laughs> I worked. And um, some kids went fishing. Some went hunting. My dad just worked. And, um, and I'll never forget he said something, and he didn't even mean it ugly. He just said, son, anything we're doing, son, you got to do it right. Yeah. And I didn't realize at that point how vicious the enemy is. It became a marker in my life that perfection began to paralyze movement. I wasn't moving because I was yeah. fearful of it not being perfect. And, and what's so interesting is, is I think you may be listening. You may say, man, there have been things that have been said by me and my dad. There have been things that have been done. It's irreconcilable. And I'll tell you, there's never too late. My dad's last four years with us was the sweetest time of our lives. And it was four years of reconciliation. He moved close, got to know the grandkids. And, and I cherish those moments because God can heal and restore what the enemy would try to destroy. And even as a dad, I went back to my son and I said, Ethan, I'm so sorry, bud. I said, I can see at times you choose, like it's hard for you to make a decision because I put that pressure on you. God, you got to do it right. Yeah. And what I recognize is I'm sorry for that. And the times I've worked late and the times I haven't showed up and, and I just made a choice last November, man, I'm going to show up. That will be the number one. And so if you're struggling or you haven't done it right, it's okay. Today's yeah. a new day. Start today. 
I think that, you know, the, the thing that just hits me is I was just in, I was in Miami on Friday and I was speaking to a, a global audience uh, in a direct selling company. And, um, and, and we were talking about personal innovation and we were talking about the idea that, you know, that we are all born to become um, our best version of us. And it's a lifelong journey, right? And, and I think that the three things that I said about just innovation and growth, as I said, perfection is harmful. And one of the keys to innovative living and one of the keys to self-realization and joy and in, in, in internal beauty is the idea that you, you get more focused on, am I going the right way yeah. versus have I arrived at the right point? And so direction is far more important than perfection. And I think that, that you know, one of the great things that um, Andy Andrews talks about and certainly John Maxwell talks about is this idea of personal forgiveness and, and the idea that, um, you know, that, that perfection is harmful, progress is healthy, um, but growth is optional. And we have to look at the choices that we make and we have to understand that we are a miracle as a human being doing we, me, you, Steve, any single person watching or listening, you are a miracle. And when you said at the very start of the podcast um, about going through, I, I thought immediately about growing through. Yeah. And the only way to go through something that there may be some adversity or there may be some pressure, or there may be some, some doubt is to know that you're going to go through it. And if you have the right attitude, you're going to grow through it. And so when you have that filter, nothing is negative. Everything that is a quote mistake or anything that quote that is a failure is actually a good thing for you as a human being, for me as a human being to develop. I mean, I mess up every day. I, yeah. I, I you know, I lay my head on the pillow and I think about my day and I, there's probably not a day where there's not at least one do over I'd like, you know, sure. something I was a little harsh or I was a little fast too, or I didn't quite give that workout what I needed to, or I cut my ride short for whatever reason, you know, and personal grace, hugging yourself, mm. realizing that you are, as John Wooden says, a masterpiece in progress yeah. and just choose that, choose your own greatness and choose to behave in a way where you are present because full engagement, being where you are and being present really, really matters. And then if you're okay, understanding, you know, when we did a podcast, uh, a couple of, uh, I think it was middle of the year last year, we were talking about the initial <clears throat> impacts, I think, of COVID and things like that, that yeah. fear, fear is a choice, fear is a word, fear can empower, disempower. You know, what I, what I said to, to everybody is there's, there's a silver lining in every single gray cloud in your life. And all you got to do is be patient to see it develop and realize yeah. that it's there. And then you can level up, you can go to the next level. And Hey, well, Todd, I you, think, but, you know, but, you, one final thought. If you right. don't have an attitude towards progress is helpful, yeah. perfection is harmful, mm. you will start to develop the wrong thinking up here. So go Man. ahead. Well, I, 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 I just think you're right on. You know, I love you just said that present matters more than perfection. Yeah. And what what COVID did, you know, it, it's an interesting thing. So uh, I've got a twin brother. He and I were just talking about this literally this last week. COVID didn't cause our marriage to struggle. It just exposed the cracks in our marriage. Mm -hmm. COVID didn't cause my kids to have a tougher time. 
it exposed the areas where we need to work on it. And, and here's what I was encouraging my team this week. I've got one of the girls on my team. She's going through a tough time. And I just told her, I said, listen, you know, I believe there are times in our lives where the Bible says that when you've done all you can do, just stand. The fallacy is I've got to keep advancing every day. And I, and I love James Clear's book, 1% Better Every Day. I just want to get 1%, 1%. What a great concept. But I told, I told Summer literally yesterday we had this conversation. I said, girl, sometimes in your life you just have to stand. Yeah. That's the win. It's not advance. I'm not trying to take ground. I'm not trying to make ground. Listen, when dad died in November, I had no idea the 90 days of grief I would go through. I, I thought I would get better faster. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, here's what we've learned about standing. You can make it through if you'll do a couple of things. Who you're tethered to matters. So when you can only stand, stand, but you got to be in arms with somebody who can stand with you, period. I went through a dark day two years ago, and man, Todd, I can't, I, I can't imagine where I'd be if I had gone through the, that, that, that event and that season two years ago without being tethered to Stephanie, my wife, and my twin brother, Joe. And I'm telling you, I couldn't advance. I could just stand. But here's what we learned. If I'll live clean, I'll live close, and I stay tethered. I can make it through. Yeah. And that that's what's so important is in this season right now, you you know, even with our kids, it's like, hey, you're going to make bad choices and I'm going to raise my voice, but just repent quickly and just say tomorrow's <laughs> a new day, man. Here we go. I'm going to show you what it's like to be humble and repent all the time. Like, I'm so sorry. I believe you're, you know, I know what God's placed in you and I know what he's called you to do. And so just forgive me and let's keep moving. So, but yeah, it goes back to the forgiveness. What you just it does, said, it's yeah. the personal forgiveness. It's not perfection. My uh, my grandmother and and uh, some of you will get this. Others you'll probably have to look it up and either download the app or just watch a couple of YouTube videos. But my grandmother used to say to me um, when we would visit, like I remember looking at her and I was using an etch a sketch, and etch a sketch was the red thing with the two. two I know what it is. Could, I know what it is. You right. <laughs> And, and she looked at me because I got frustrated. I said, oh, shoot. And, and she goes, what's up? And I said, I went left instead of right. I made a, And she goes, you know what? The beautiful thing about an Etch-A-Sketch is just shake it up and start over. And, you know, I think the idea that every morning we get new mercies, so we get good. new opportunities. Every day is a day of freshness. And mm. we get to decide how much of yesterday we bring forward. And, you know, my experience with so many people is that they, they, they're, they're tethered to the past. Yeah and the mistakes and the lack of personal forgiveness instead of being tethered to the hope and the faith mm. of a creator and the mm. people that want you to win. And I think that, you know, my dad said to me when I was 16 years old, he said, dude, there's three guys you're running with right now that if you keep running with them, you're going to end up in jail. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, Gary, Patrick, and Gene. I predict that they're not going to go anywhere in life and you're going to go somewhere, but you're going to get there faster if you don't hang out, hang out with those guys. And I'm going, whoa. And sure enough, 10 years later, two of the three wow. are in jail and one OD'd. And I'm going, wow. You know, and here I am 45 years later, you know, thank you, dad, for that. Because who you are tethered to mm -hmm. helps you through any time of difficulty. And we all need those bookends. We need those guardrails. We need you know, the people that can keep us positive in the midst of challenges. And so what's been your, what's been just in business, let's switch to business. What's one of the greatest challenges you've had in business and how did you fix it? How did you solve it? Just what comes to mind? Yeah. Um, man, that's a great question. I, 
it, it probably goes back. Uh, well, and I'll tell you what we did was um, uh, it goes back to what you've been talking about right now, which is paradigms. And our goal has been to scale growth in the last 12 months. And we continue to scale. Um, and I've got some great goals and where we're going. But you know what we've had to do, Todd? We had to let go of paradigms we didn't even know we had. So let me give you an example. What if I hire somebody and they don't work out? What if I hire somebody and hiring them doesn't cause, you know, it's, it doesn't give us the lift in business. And now I've got ex extended expenses. I've got a branch that's less profitable. We're making less profit. It's the paradigms of past failure that say, what if? So he here's the way I literally told my market this last week. I don't want to live in the fear of what if. I want to live in the possibility of what could be. And that has been our greatest struggle is to overcome those paradigms. And then the second one was this, which I feel like we're getting really good at, which is casting the vision and saying, hey, listen, here's where I believe we can go. Here's why it's important, because we're making a difference of the lives of our clients. It'll make a difference in your life, your family's life, our legacy. Um, and so I think that's probably been the greatest challenge is, is helping the team join me on the journey and believe, you know what? We were there. We're here and we can go there. And yeah. that's been not only the greatest challenge, but also the greatest opportunity. Because when somebody sees it, Todd, and then you lay out a plan and say, hey, I think we can get here. And it's not about more. Because, you know, if you go to your team and say, hey, can you do more loans? There's a, a lean of shame. Like, it's not enough. Like, closing $100 million last year wasn't enough. Or closing a $250 million last year wasn't enough. But if we can teach our teams to say even more, I wonder if we could do even more, which talks to potential, not shame. Right. And that's been a fun journey. So we're getting better about really trying to pull the potential out of our loan officers and the, I mean, just our teams and saying, listen, it's never about not enough. It's about our, here's the three questions I love to ask. Um, how's your effort? which talks to, am I going to be the hardest worker in the room? How's my attitude? Which, you know, John Maxwell always says, it's the one thing we can, we can, we can control. Yeah. It's my choice. And then here's the last one. How's your effectiveness? Because yeah. so you may have effort and attitude, but if you're not being effective, that's not profitable. So that means we just got to pivot. And so it's just been fun, man. That's that's probably been the greatest thing. It's also the it's the greatest challenge, but the greatest opportunity for where, where we're going to continue to grow to. So, yeah, <clears throat> I think um, it's very interesting to me. Um, and I'm sure, you know, you you've seen this, too, in your 17 years in mortgage and your time in real estate. But it's very it's very clear to me that most people um, struggle with creating a compelling vision for their life. And um and it's not that people don't want to set goals. It's not that people don't want to be better. Um, I think I think far too often people don't realize that one change can change everything, and that we are in we are at a very large degree in charge of our choices. And so, even though attitude is critical to moving forward, um, where is forward? And I remember Jim Rohn telling uh, the sales mastery audience, this is 21 years ago. Um, he died about seven years ago. But I remember him <clears throat> standing in front of 2,000 people in San Diego. And he said, the future is coming. And the single most important decision you need to make is where will you be when it arrives? And it was just like, wow. And then he added this. He said, 
how would the person you see yourself being in the future handle the present? And that's a huge filter because if I see myself being something in the future, then if that is behave differently, and that is rewarding and that is exciting, then I can rest in security. What happens today? But, you know, ancient scriptures tell us that where there's no vision, people perish. And I think that a lot of people are walking dead. I think they're walking around. They're going through the motions. They, they may or may not be um, at their full potential. Chances are they're not. And they don't understand that I can actually decide what tomorrow can look like. And to not be so hard on the lines, like this is what tomorrow has to be, but to understand that this idea of flow and this idea that surprises happen and this idea that, like I just got a call yesterday from somebody that I thought three years ago, I would like to hire into our company. And she was at another company. She's very ingrained, very successful. And I'm just turning it over, right? I'm just saying, if this is right, somehow or another, it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. And we got a call yesterday that, you know, that uh, something had happened in her company, which was a blessing to the organization and the owners. And it looks like all of a sudden she's there and wow. she's open. And it's, you know, and so we have to pay attention to all the signals that, that God and, and this universe and this planet throw our way. And we've got to have this, this awareness that, um, and I believe this, I believe that personal innovation starts with understanding that everything happens for a reason. And all you have to do is have a positive outlook on the reasons yeah. to see the opportunities. So I have a life coach and she said, uh, her name is Dr. K. And she said, every single day, every human being gets presented with moments they can be dozens, they can be hundreds, but they're moments, right? And they're, they're pivot decision times, they're things that happen. And, and she said, the key is not whether or not the moment exists or not. The key is how do you go through the moment? Because how you go through the moment determines who you become on the other side. And we have to have that attitude that, that there is gift presented to us all day long in what happens. And that desensitizes the pain that comes through perfection, the shame and the guilt and all this. If we can just be open to, wow, that's interesting. I wonder why that happened. Hey, that's, that's, I'm curious about that. Curious George, right? I'm curious about that. Why did that happen? There's so much opportunity, but we have to have the right mindset to see it. Mm, I think I that's that. what we're talking about when we talk about vision. Yeah. Well, and you know, what about the guy, what would you say to the person who says, I, I, I'm kind of stuck, you know, it's, um, I don't know what I can see. How, how would you help that guy out? How would you help that girl out who says, you know, I'm just in a season I don't see? Uh, it, I would almost say it like this. Uh, I wonder if you could find borrowed vision, borrowed vision to get out of a season. You know, I don't think vision always has to come from within. Sometimes I think you can borrow vision to move. And so, you know, how would you help them, Todd? What would you say? Somebody who says, you know, I just feel like I'm going through the motion. I hear what you're saying. Man, it's great. But what's a real practical step? What would you tell them? I, I ask a question. I don't tell them anything. I, I love asking the question of, um, okay, so tomorrow could be great. Yeah. Tomorrow could be hard. And tomorrow could be challenging. But tomorrow is going to happen. What's important to you about tomorrow? And I think that if you get back to habit stacking, if you get back to atomic habits, if you get back yeah. to all the study on habits, 
there's this powerful quote that came out of Harvard University, and there was a psychologist there by the name of Dr. Jerome Butler, and he said, um, you are more likely to act your way into feeling than you are to feel your way into acting. 100%. And so the decision, what I would say is take a step, just take a step, because we know that a step in the right direction is more positive than being stuck where you are. And a good step can lead to another step, which can lead to another step. And I simply call them micro victories. What I would say to anybody is what kind of victory do you need to have to feel that you can get on your way yeah. and start moving forward? And let's make that happen. Like what would, what would, what would happen? And I think the interesting thing here, and I, I, I just, uh, I did a, just, I had a riff last week about a 13 minute podcast that I laid down and I was just talking about, you may even know this. I was on the way to the office and I was listening to, uh, to uh, Sirius XM and there was a song that came on by a, a band uh, casting crowns mm -hmm. and the song was slow fade. And the whole lyrical involvement of that podcast of that uh, song is that families don't crumble in a day. People don't crumble in a day. Mm -hmm. Your health doesn't crumble in a day. Wow. Your finances don't crumble in a day. It's a slow fade. And the opposite is true, that if it can be a slow fade by taking my eye off the ball every day, it can also be slow growth by putting my eye back on the ball every day. And that's all it is. It's about understanding that our life is a reflection yeah. of the compounding effect of our choices and our decisions. And we can make new choices. We can... Hey, hey but, but Todd, tell, we got to tell people this too, though. You, it, you, it's not, you don't change everything at once. No, I, I like, I, I think about this, like uh, I took my kids to the beach two months ago, actually a month and a half ago. So we're sitting in the beach on, in Florida, we got a condo, craziest thing. Kids are in front of us. We're, we're staying on the beach and all of a sudden you look up and the kids are half a mile down the beach. They didn't swim half a mile down the beach. <laughs> the current of the water took yeah. them half a mile down the beach. And, and I think about life like that. You walk out straight into the beach water and you think, man, that's great. But what you don't realize is life doesn't move like it's not horizontal. I mean, you're, it is a fighting tide every day. So that's why even if you just stand, you'll take ground because you're not losing ground. Hey, right. let me give you an example of what I just did. And this is personal. A buddy of mine, uh, I'm 220 pounds. My, my ideal weight's right at 200 pounds, 190, uh, whenever I'm fit. Uh, I'm not real fit right now. I got the COVID couple of cheeks and all that good <laughs> stuff. Um, but what's interesting is we both just said this, look, June 1st, let's drop seven pounds. July 1st, let's drop another seven pounds. And Todd, here's what I realized. Like for me personally, and I'll, I'll just share my story. I, I tend to go into adrenal fatigue because of how fast I run. I just run different, man. I'm, I'm built to run. Like the, I always hear, like I'm, you may be, a lot of guys are smarter. They're just not going to work harder. So I, I tend to lean into that adrenal fatigue where I recognize I needed some more testosterone, some all that good stuff, vitamins and all that. So I just recognize this. Look, let me go get help doctor from the doctors. Let me get what I need. And you know what, Todd, what I started doing is I, I hadn't been getting up early. So I just started trying to get up again. I didn't even go work out. I just started setting my alarm and you know what? It's like, wow. Dude, I can do this 4.30 call time again. I can do the 5 a.m. workout again. And for weeks, it was just, can I get up? Because really, with a nine, six, three-year-old and running yeah. at the level we are, it's tough. <clears throat> and you know what I've been doing? Just like you said, small steps. So I went and worked out, 
one day and I'm like, dude, I can do it. And I let my body recover a couple days and worked out another day. And it's not that I'm doing it like it's not, I've got these big bulging muscles, but if I'll even just try to get up and then once I can start getting up now, let me go try to take a lap around the driveway. I mean, for real. And then from the driveway, let me just drive to the gym from the gym. Let me get in the gym. And it's this little progression over time where it's like, man, I'm eating better. I'm feeling better. But I didn't try to do it all at once. I just wanted small steps. And I think in our lives, that's where we got to look at it. You know, if you're an originator closing two loans, how do you get to three? And it's usually not a how. It's usually a who. It's usually it's team members and helping people with your process. If you're an influencer and you want to say, well, how do I make an impact? I I didn't get a chance to tell you this, but you asked what was the greatest challenge and the greatest victory in my business. I said that in the mortgage side, thousands and thousands of downloads later. I mean, we're just, it's so fun to see what's happening. You know, Todd, my greatest struggle in the beginning was just doing a podcast every week. That was hard. Every week I got to drop a podcast. And if you go back and listen, some of them are really bad, Uh, (laughs) but it goes back to, it didn't matter the quality because we get paralyzed in the fear. So I think half of the battle is baby steps, but consistency over time is a greater mover of your life than, than trying to do a whole bunch at one time. I love, there was a quote or somebody said, Hey, we, we take for granted what we can do in a lifetime and we put too much emphasis on what we can do in a year something like that. And I thought, how powerful is that? You know, I think I can change the world in a year, but if I just do a little bit at a time, I do a lot more in a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a great, great reminder. And uh, you know, I remember early in my career um, I was studying Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar and Zig used to say, you know, um, you're not setting your alarm clock. You are setting your opportunity alert. And if you just understand that every day is fresh and every day has new opportunities and you just start doing it and you see there's an opportunity. I used to tell people, you know, uh, you know, uh, sleeping is a learned behavior. Waking up is something that's a little bit more challenging, but if you know why you're doing what you're doing and you're excited about doing what you're doing and you wake up at like four, you wake up at five, get up, turn the light on and get up and, and get acting. And this gets back to that quote. You are more likely, likely to act your way into feeling motivated than you are yeah. to feel motivation to go act. So, Hey man, 35 minutes later, here we are. And, uh, what is your, what is your, like, if there's only one thing you can share with anybody that you feel is a tectonic purposeful, like lesson or piece of advice, how would you take us home on this? Man, I would just tell you, tell you anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Yeah. You got to just get started. And, yeah. and the second thing, and I know you only said one is tether to the right people because they'll help you. Yeah. Yeah. You That's become... why I love you, brother. I mean, I'm telling you, you make me better. And, and even, Hey, and I'll even say this, even if it's from a distance, because there are people that have helped me be better from a distance that are yeah. now becoming great friends. Yeah. And so uh, just stay tethered, man. And I love what you're doing, Todd. Thank you, brother. It's I love you. And uh, this was everything I wanted to be straight from the heart and beautiful. And so uh, thanks, man. And you guys, if you are into being your best, man, uh, start listening to the Loan Officer Leadership Podcast. And, uh, you know, I promise you that everything we do is going to help you understand where success happens. And uh, Steve's one of those guys that can help you out. So thanks for listening. Share this if you're sales leaders. Share this with all of your, your teams, your ops teams, your sales teams. Man, if you got people and friends that are experiencing hardship, um, share this with them. It's 30 minutes of just from the heart kind of stuff. And uh, Steve Kyle, you're amazing. It's a, it's a gift to call you friend. Appreciate it, man. The feeling is mutual. Love you, brother. All right, guys. Take care. See ya.
Hey, thanks for being part of today's episode. I've got a special gift for you on to make sure you are aware of. I just released a 25-page ebook entitled The Five Irrefutable Principles of a High-Performance Business. These five principles are game-changing. There's a lot of methods towards success, but if you ignore the principles, it's very, very hard to know that those methods will work. Go to the show notes below, just click on the link, download this 25-page ebook, and see what kind of impact it can make in your business and your life.